0: Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today on the podcast we have Michael Ryan, one of our one of our guests today. We're excited, and yeah. we're in such thank a beautiful you. place. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh,
1: it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, so yeah, we're sitting now. This is the Dapper and Wise Coffee Lab. Is that correct?
1: Exactly that. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, used to be a conference room actually that we retrofitted into. Uh, place where we could do our QC and purchasing cuppings as well as classes for both our staff and the public.
0: Wow I would I would not mind taking a class here. (laughs) Saturday at 10
1: o'clock I believe. (laughs) Saturday mornings 10 a.m yeah and Elise Sewell our director of education um, she spearheads all that stuff she does a fantastic job.
0: Awesome well who is Michael Ryan we were actually one question I had first is how did you two
2: meet? Oh, we were talking about that, weren't we? Yeah, we were, yeah.
1: <laughs> in, in my recollection, and Paul, you can That's right. certainly correct me if I'm misremembering, but I, the first time I remember meeting you was going on three or maybe even four years ago uh, when Caravan was putting on the barista competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Elise, actually, um, our director of education, she was competing, and we went down to Newburgh to just see the space and better understand kind of the space she would be in when she was competing. And then I was her informal coach since I had competed in the US barista competition
2: but I didn't want to compete anymore (laughs) but I I think that was the first time that that our paths crossed formally I never realized why she did so well at the competition (laughs) (laughs) she had inside information (laughs) it was
1: a very different type of competition in the the best sense of the word (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, so I I don't know how good of a job I did preparing her for that (laughs) No, but uh, she did fantastic. She did.
2: I, I, I remember afterwards she would come and she won a prize, what, and which happened to be to make a blend with Paul Allen. Yeah, yeah. And, a rare uh, privilege. A rare <laughs> privilege. We enjoyed ourselves anyway. It Good. was great. I'm we glad. did. We did. Oh, that's lovely.
0: And so you're the director of coffee at Dapper & Wise. Yeah. Green coffee buyer, mm-hmm. Hugh Grader, mm-hmm. and, and you're also doing some consulting as well.
1: That is it in a nutshell.
0: Wow. It, Good job. Great. That's a big nutshell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds more impressive when you string them all together in one sentence. Uh, it's really a lot more of just a little bit of this and a little bit of that on a day-to-day basis. But, yeah. Yeah. Director of Coffee is sort of a nebulous title. Uh, and... Uh, I get a little bit of flack from people, especially Germans. They just think Americans and their job titles, (laughs) (laughs) director of coffee. It's so grandiose, (laughs) but, uh, it essentially amounts now to, uh, overseeing the the intake process. What coffees are we going to purchase? Um, how are we going to get them here? When are we going to offer them? And how are we going to tell the story? And, and once it's in house and it's in production, um, I'm a part of the quality control team from from then on. Um mm. but ironically enough once a coffee is launched, I more or less stop drinking it
2: because mm. I move
1: on to the next coffee. Right. And we're, so we're
2: spoiled, aren't we? <laughs> it's spoiled well, out. It's it's a
1: funny dynamic when the staff will say what's your favorite coffee from our current lineup? I'm like, "Uh, well my favorite coffee is actually the next Kenya we're getting that we haven't gotten yet. I'm really <laughs> excited about it." So it's a it's a funny uh, a funny paradigm and that and being a, a Q grader kind of dovetails into that pretty mm. seamlessly. Wow. I, I originally did that uh, just because I love I love coffee. I also just love learning in general. Mm. And uh, being able to do that was a ton of fun and has helped uh, my wife and I launch the consulting business that we're, we're doing on the side. It's in addition to the mm, work yeah. I do here. It, and it, because it dovetails so seamlessly, it's, there's very little... Conflict or overlap or, mm. or risk of life getting out of balance. Yeah, um, I'm not not at that stage of life where I'm so high in demand that I can't <laughs> can't have a day job. Still, it's and more of a side hustle, really. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. a pretty cool side hustle. And the it's called Threadbare mm-hmm. Coffee Company. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: awesome. Yeah, and we we chose that name
0: because
1: uh, strictly speaking, threadbare means worn out or frayed or even kind of broken down. But um, what's interesting to me, because we don't really use that word anymore, it's interesting to me is that you tend to run across it in older literature, mm. and they're almost always referring to uh, custom-made clothing that was made by hand from scratch for a specific person. Mm. We don't use it to describe T-shirts you buy off the rack. Mm. It's almost always in reference to that that older way of doing things where... The people in the process are never, ever forgotten. Every stitch is for that specific person who's going to wear that jacket or those pair of trousers. So that sort of older, maybe you could say worn out way of doing things, mm-hmm. um, I gravitate towards that naturally mm-hmm. and think that there's a lot to, to be gained from thinking about things in a more people focused way. So that's kind of what Threadbare came from.
0: I like the, the meaning behind that. It's not just a name. It's got mm. it's got some oomph behind it. <laughs> um, so, how did you? What, what did you do before coffee? And then how did how did you get into the? Co- I, now I have to admit, I did a little bit of snooping Uh-oh, before. Uh oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. what I he's did stand. a little bit of snooping, and so I know that you two have something in common. You both worked at Starbucks for. A oh, bit. I knew I'd seen
2: you somewhere <laughs> before, dude.
0: <Ousted>. Yeah. <laughs> But how Ah. did you, or what did you do before coffee, and how did you kind of, how did you get into coffee? Super
1: good question. I am a a failed mechanical engineer. I studied mechanical engineering in college and uh, graduated in 2009, which was a fateful year to be looking for any sort of white-collar work. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody was hiring. I had an internship that the whole time I was there, they were promising me a job at the end of the internship, and come... January 2009, they're like, yeah, no, nobody's mm. hiring anybody oh, at all right wow. now. Uh, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise because I was a terrible engineer. I did not enjoy <laughs> the, the process, uh, or I should say I didn't enjoy the isolation of the process required. Mm. Uh, engineering is not a, a thing that you do as much as a person that you have to become. And mm. I was not that person and not really wanting to become that person. That's, that's my, my perspective. Um, yeah. It seemed like it was an all-consuming area of study. And hmm. uh, so not being able to find a job ended up being a blessing in disguise because I had to pay rent, as one does, after you <laughs> stop living on campus. <laughs> and uh, just had heard that Starbucks was a good company to work for. And so yeah. um, back in the day, you could fill out, it was the same application, paper application, and paper,
2: Starbucks, paper. yeah, yeah, paper. It's is that this a thing?
0: Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. It
2: sounds a little <laughs>
1: bit like this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Isn't that what you listen to in a latte while making the milk? Yeah, a paper. A paper <laughs> yeah. <sort> of the paper cut. The paper tearing sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I filled out the the Starbucks application, mm-hmm. and I left the line that said "Which store are you applying to?" I left that blank.
0: Interesting.
1: And then I photocopied forty-five copies, and wow. then filled that's in the individual locations of all of the Portland yeah. metro area ones and then I rode my bike up and down the Portland area and wow. essentially I applied for 45 jobs in one day if you think about it like that that's yeah. that's smart and so the efficiency of being able to apply to so many locations with, with one application yeah. and hearing that it was a good company to work for I got called back by one of the stores no way and ended up working at the one in the Pioneer Courthouse Square mm-hmm. um, if you're mm. familiar with that one it's a a pretty cool place to work as far as Starbucks goes because um, it's in a historic building. Mm. It's in a super, for Portland at least, a busy part of town. Yeah. Um, Super interesting kind of amalgam of people. And I really enjoyed it actually more than I thought I would. Mm, That's good. Um, So I didn't do it for the coffee though. Yeah. I drank white chocolate mochas. (laughs) That
0: was my drug of choice. I'm impressed with 45 applications in one day. I don't know if yeah. I've ever heard of that many job applications at one go. <laughs> I'm impressed. Well, that's,
1: that's the, the silver linings of there being so many Starbucks in the Great Portland <laughs> area, you can apply to a lot yeah. of them at once.
0: Yeah. Wow. And then how long did you work at Starbucks for?
1: All said and done, it was three years as a partner. Gotcha. Um, that's what they call their employees. Mm, that's right. okay, um, yeah. Still remember my partner number. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a year and a half in the. Portland, downtown Portland, Pioneer Courthouse Square, Starbucks, and mm. then actually moved to Seattle uh, because they were opening up a store inside the global headquarters in Seattle. is a Starbucks. A Starbucks inside the Starbucks headquarters. Right. Yeah, it's oh, a little, wow. It's a little meta. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> it was, uh, no disrespect, it was super weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what made it weird? What was the?
1: Because you weren't you weren't serving the, the day-in and the day-out customers. Hmm. You were serving a Frappuccino to the person who invented the Frappuccino. Mm. Oh, that is... And yeah. there was a, a unique attitude that it, it seemed like mm. they, there was this sort of underground, underlying assumption that if they criticized us, that that would somehow make the whole company better. Mm. And so we got a lot of like laser-focused attention, but not in necessarily the best way. Yeah, um, there was a lot of criticism, but not. It wasn't like it didn't seem to, to give birth to anything fruitful. It just sort of felt like they were always picking on us. And I, mm. I get it to an extent, like mm-hmm. this is your thing, you invented it, and I'm not doing it right, okay. But at a certain time, it, it's like yeah, you, know, you have to realize that I I only work here. I don't right. work in the other stores, so criticizing me doesn't really move things forward. Yeah. So it it created a an interesting. Uh, dynamic but it was it was good it helped me Mm. condense my time frame for realizing that ultimately what i wanted to do with coffee was was work with the coffee right Mm. uh and Mm. and being there allowed me to pretty quickly realize to do that at starbucks it's a it's a 20-year trajectory if you want to be on the green buying team um and i just wasn't i think starbucks is a great Company, I think mm-hmm. they've done loads for the industry, but yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't up for signing up for a 20-year time frame to, to work with the coffee. Right. So
2: Fair enough. I needed to redirect after that. <laughs> you did well, and you beat me, by the way, by a long way. Your three years? Yeah. I only had three weeks.
1: Are you serious?
2: Yeah. We opened a little store in Palmerston North in New Zealand, and it was the first <laughs> time there was lots of people, and they, for some reason me when I filled out my little paper form too, and but I just had Parmesan North on it, yeah. And uh, I got there and they first put me behind the counter, okay. And uh, I was like you, I didn't realise probably at that point that I was more interested in the green bean, yeah. More interested perhaps making the espresso than actually serving the line of people that went round this whole square of Parmesan North, yeah. And I I sort of put this act on just to get through the day, and they loved my act. <laughs> yeah, that's all I Uh-oh. did at Starbucks was behind the counter. Yeah, and I said three weeks. I just can't. I'm just too stressed yeah. out. Anyway, yeah.
1: So you beat me. That's good. How? What year? To well, what year was that in? That was. Ooh,
2: that was was it? 19, two thousand. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Were y'all still pulling shots?
2: Manually on
1: like a long. We Zoka were dinia? yes, ah, that's right. That was before my time. Whoa, those are the go. glory days. Yeah, I know. Or so I've heard And that. I
2: wanted to be part. I wanted <laughs> be, I wanted, to be, I wanted to, be <laughs> 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 to be part of those glory days because all I had was the ching 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 of the yeah. cash register. <laughs>
0: I remember yeah, you coming home one time and saying that there was a lady that got oh, upset at you because poor lady, you would yell out the drinks, and she yeah. came up to the counter and said, "Why is everybody screaming at me?" Yeah. Felt bad for her. Yeah. Oh.
2: anyway, that was anyway. part of the that's part of the romance back then. Do they, yeah. I don't know, do they still do that. Do they still yell out. Your I think they and try
1: to they try to politely but resonantly proclaim it. <laughs> yeah, <reasonably. laughs> I like so it. not I like it. not
0: yelling, but, but but a little bit above an inside voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, so your journey from Starbucks, from Starbucks to Starbucks, Starbucks, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then truly all the way to, to Q Greater and where you are now, doing yeah. coffee consulting, what was the, I guess, did something like, what part of coffee really grabbed you and made you go, I, mm. I'd like to dig a little deeper into that? I always,
1: I always was fascinated, maybe, maybe a little bit obsessed with what I don't know and what I don't understand. That's. Mm. That's always one of, if not the most alluring, aspects of of coffee, mm. as we were kind of talking about earlier. things are changing, yes, even just with one specific thing, like roasting things are are changing and expanding fast enough that there's always something new to learn mm-hmm. mm. and uh, that was really enthralling to me because i on the one hand, I felt like i had I had found something I, I really enjoyed, and it was also mine no Nobody in my family or at that time anybody that I knew was mm. was into coffee the way that i was kind of accidentally falling in love with coffee but so it it, it was kind of cool you feel like you stumble on something like oh this is this is my thing yeah and my family there they all have their things but i was always the one that was like it took me forever to find mine so finding that was fun but then also just always wanted to understand and i i generally would say that firsthand experiential knowledge is in my mind superior to theory Mm -hmm. whenever it's Mm -hmm. possible and so for me that just was like well I'm a barista Mm. let's become a trainer I'm a trainer let's become Mm. the director of education I'm a director of education let's Mm. aim for being a roaster a roaster aim for being the green buyer and just kind of working Mm -hmm. my way backwards up the supply chain so to speak Mm -hmm. yeah um so eventually I'll probably go work for an importing company maybe and then after that live on a farm in Guatemala yeah Yeah. yeah and then I'll retire there I don't know. <laughs> sounds good. I don't know. It sounds good. But I,
0: I I'll love just
1: the, the, the substance and the texture that comes with learning things by experience rather mm. than. I love reading, but that only takes you so far. Mm. There's a certain level of you just need to experience the reality of a thing to to really grasp it and take hold of it. So yeah, I'm trying to do do that as best as I can.
0: Do you feel like your background in mechanical engineering? Mm. Do you feel like that ever bleeds over into coffee? Like you use that in a different yeah. way with coffee maybe?
1: Yeah, for better, for worse maybe. I'm not sure. It, <laughs> it has um, set me on a, a trajectory of thinking about things much more systematically mm. um, than I, th- I think the average coffee person at that that's too broad to be always true, but in general I've I find myself taking that sort of tack where other people maybe aren't. Yeah. Um and so that's super helpful if you're gonna step into kind of a vacuous space and fill it out with some sort of structure that can survive you moving on to something else. Yeah. That sort of systematic approach. So um I have always been afraid of being like a hand in water, like you remove the hand and the water just goes back to the way it was I've always mm. hoped to build mm. enough structure so that it can outlast me at least by a day or two <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that analogy yeah and so with with what you've been doing and going into green buying and, and we were talking earlier and you're saying you're always excited about what's what's coming down the pipe <laughs> yeah. what's what's new when you're and I guess it's different you know maybe the scenario is different yeah. for whatever reason but when you're looking at green coffee what what are the things that get you that are like mm. ah i'm going to look at that or i want to get mm-hmm. that in and try that what what excites you about specific coffees or
1: yeah Oof, that's a super good question yeah it's a big question
0: and yeah, yeah.
1: In, <laughs> in a second i'm going to ask paul the same question yeah, no, I, no, i'm no, super no. curious <laughs> i i think for a, for a baseline allure a coffee needs to be i would describe it as being clean mm and sweet uh clean can mean a lot of different things one is just like free from defects primary and secondary defects but also um just personal preference i love clean mouthfeels like Mm. silky creamy is great uh textured gritty fibrous Mm. uh is is not my favorite and so amount of body is less important to me as the type of body. Mm. And so I really enjoy clean coffees that have um, more like silky, smooth, maybe even creamy bodies. Yeah. Um, after that, though, uh, it's all just super interesting to me. I love just trying different things. Mm. Um, and a lot of it ends up being uh, who, who's going to drink this coffee, who's going to enjoy this coffee, mm. and how many, <laughs> how many coffees like that do we already have and is there is there a space in the offering we we tend to break up our coffees into into categories which is helpful and also anybody who revels in the complexity of coffee would say that's maybe oversimplification but we tend to think of things as being Comforting, nuanced, or fruity. Mm-hmm. Comforting being just like the coffee-flavored coffees that pair really really well with milk and cream and sugar and that kind of thing. Yeah, The nuanced ones are more um, complex that where there's a lot of different flavors, but they're working together. Mm. Uh, but there's no one flavor maybe that's sticking out. And then the fruity ones are usually pretty obvious because the customer that doesn't like fruity coffees will say, why does this taste like lemon juice? (laughs) Yeah, I put cream in this and it curdled. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I, of course, enjoy those coffees, Mm. as a lot of people who are in my position do. But we try to have a, a, a fair spread of, of each, and so if we're mm. too overloaded on fruity coffees, even if I love what I'm tasting, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily going to purchase it because we're already booked out for that yeah. type of coffee. Um, so a lot of it is is just that clean and sweet, and then kind of what do we need for our offerings?
2: But Paul, I'm yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah, what do I, you look I for? I was talking to one of our. Colleagues at uh, Caravan and a similar sort of question because as, as, as right now Christmas is coming closer mm. and mm-hmm. that brings a whole new sort of thought of <laughs> I guess you asked the question, so what's Christmas to you? And I am really surprised how, I guess, subjective it is. Mm. And to this person, it's pumpkin. To this person, mm. it's 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 summer um, <laughs> on the beach. Right. Uh, it just depends what part of the world you're in. Absolutely. But we're here in America. And even in, in our little place, Newberg, there's all these different – even on our staff, there's all these different ideas of what a, a, a good Christmas blend mm. drink coffee would be. Yeah. And It's sort of, I've gone both realms of, oh, let's ask everybody and let's try and please everybody Mm -hmm. to sort of, okay, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is what it's going to be, though, this year. Mm -hmm. And for coffee, often, you know, we often had a a berry sort of tasting coffee from Ethiopia or something like that because it just brings out the, the sweetness of the coffee. Of course. and But... Like this year, I think we, we've moved a little more to a Brazilian coffee, mm-hmm. which is changing the whole feel of it. Yeah. But what surprises me, when you put it on the packet, it's Christmas blend, it tends to sell. Because mm. Christmas is just a wonderful time for most yeah. people. Sure. And uh, so it, it, there's different nuances, as you say, of yeah. and the subjectivity, uh, subjectivity and the objectivity come mm. through there i think we were talking to you before about that's what's helped me as is is being like the q greater side has helped yeah. me understand what is it objectively mm. and and what do i like myself and how can i put myself in someone else's shoes it's mm. oh that's why you like that so this this word on this form that says body yeah. you really like body yeah. okay you really like acidity and both are good yeah and you i've I've learned, I've got to sort of think about what are other people like? It's not just yeah. about me. It's about these other people and, and mm. what are they looking for?
1: That's such a good, yeah,
2: that's such a good perspective.
1: I, a lot of my role is, is trying to, as best I can, put myself in, in the shoes of the people who are walking through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I have even heard people say like, oh, we, we try to only source and roast coffees that we Love. Hmm. And I, I get that attitude of like, I want to be proud of the product I serve, mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. on board. But there's also like a, a tipping scale like, well, right. what about the other 95% of coffee drinkers who, mm-hmm. who love coffee and are probably also the people keeping your doors open? Yes. Right. What, <laughs> are we, what are you yeah. getting for them mm-hmm. that maybe, right. maybe isn't your favorite? Mm. But are you willing to bring in something for them that you can still be proud of, but maybe yes. isn't your preference? Yep. Mm. That's, that's always been a tough sp- yeah. balance to strike.
2: And it's interesting as you think of those other people, you suddenly taste the coffee that you say is a good quality anyway, <laughs> and you go, oh, I like that coffee. I, I haven't really <laughs> thought about drinking that coffee very much, and here I am drinking it." And it. Is anyone looking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we
2: We had a Peru
1: that I just... For some reason, I just did not enjoy it, mm. and I went to one of our wholesale accounts in Damascus, Oregon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you've ever been there, mm-hmm. yeah. and they were doing pots with uh, French press brew, and they had that Peru, and I poured myself a cup of it because it was it was self serve, and I took a sip and I was like, darned, if that's not delicious! <laughs> what? I I thought I hated this coffee, but in this context, yeah. brewed this way, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it was it was great, yeah, and I." I would say I didn't like that coffee. I would say I don't prefer French press in general. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. there it was. There it was. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, is anybody watching?
2: You <laughs> 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 can see st- st- everything I've said.
0: <laughs> One of the things we, 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 we actually got it yesterday was a little, we mm-hmm. got a, a new filter for an AeroPress. Mm-hmm. And it. The, the reason I'm thinking about it is because you had said you don't like gritty coffees. Yeah. I wonder ah. what, what process do you, like Saturday morning. Oh, yes. Michael's making a coffee. He's he's doing it for himself, just enjoyment. Wow. How do you typically make it, mm. or how do you get it?
1: Yeah, for the longest time, uh, we brewed a Chemex at home, um, mm. and now we have a Bonavita like five cup brewer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does a pretty good job. <laughs> it's yeah. it's kind of even even at five a.m. when I'm drinking that coffee. It's still a little bit of QC, still a little bit of quality mm. control, because <laughs> yeah. if it tastes good then, mm. then that's probably a good sign. Mm. Uh, there's been a few coffees that we've, we've launched, and I've taken them home, and I've brewed them that way, and at 5 a.m., I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to the drawing board with this one. <laughs> but then the other stuff, of coffee, is that it's, you know, oh, yeah, this is for, for what it is, for how we're drinking it. It's, it's pretty good. That's, that's a good sign. In here, in this lab, if we brew it on a Chemex, ground mm. on an EK43 with 207.2 degree water, mm-hmm. it, that's great, but it can be a little bit of a misdirect if, if mm. we're not brewing it other ways and maybe in a way that's more akin to how it's going to be brewed by the average consumer. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And also, at 5 a.m., I'm lazy. And <laughs> if a machine can do it,
2: let the machine do it. Yeah, me as well. <laughs> and yet that five a.m. coffee, if it goes well, oh, it's probably the best coffee of the day. True story.
1: Yeah. yeah. When like halfway through that first cup, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, today's gonna be a good day. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Or if it's terrible, it's like today's already. I'm okay. just gonna go back to bed and <laughs> yeah. start yeah, over because today's place. already shot. <laughs>
0: One of the things we hit, we talked about, it, I think in another podcast, but we were talking about objectivity versus subjectivity and mm. tasting coffee and how challenging that is. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like, you know, like you were saying, body or grit, if you taste that, it's not uh, your favorite. Is there anything that you do to help with like staying subjective? Like, is there, mm. I'm trying to think of like, what would you do if you're like, I don't like this coffee, but I know that this might be a good coffee.
1: Mm.
2: I like, nah, that's a good question. Mm. I, if I know, I, I, the first thing I think, it, it, that's where I actually like a, a form of some type to help mm-hmm. me write down what this coffee is. Mm-hmm. And I get to the end, and sometimes when I add all the scores up, I'm, I'm surprised, this is a good coffee, and I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking it was. Yeah. What is good about it? I go back and say, oh, the acidity, the mm-hmm. body, the balance, something was good mm-hmm. about this coffee. I don't that's sort of... Yeah. yeah,
1: that's a good question. I think for us, the... The categorization of the coffees has helped a lot. Mm. Um, I, I mentioned the, the three, those are the three for our single origin offerings, but then we also do have blends, of course. And mm. what we expect and look for in blends is, is different um, than what we necessarily expect or look for in single origin coffees. Mm. But uh, we always, when we cup for purchasing, we always um, establish what this purchasing cupping is for. The goal mm. of that, yeah, and so that helps. I think remain yep. a little subjective, right? And uh, and if 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 we're saying this is for the the lighter component of our espresso blend, mm. that's that's what this cupping is for. And so we're not going through being like, oh, I wish it had more acidity because we don't want that for mm. even the lighter yeah. component of the espresso blend. We yeah. don't want it to be you know face melting acidity like some <laughs> coffees. So that helps us. Uh, remain a little bit attentive to what what the final customer is needing and less mm. about like what do, what do i want to drink right mm. now mm-hmm. right here in this moment it's more like well this is for the light component of the espresso blend right so frame it from there and then we use um we actually don't use the sca score sheet we use uh, check check plus check minus yeah mm-hmm. and we cup mm-hmm. it and we say this is for you know whatever this mm-hmm. is for a fruity category single origin Check, check plus, check minus. Mm-hmm. Is it better than you expected? Is it worse than you expected? Or is it just what you expected? Mm. And for us, that if you have a cup of a tray in front of you and you say, this is for a potential fruity category, purchase, right? check, check plus, check minus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and rarely do we give something outside of that we have other we have a plus which is like oh my gosh <laughs> i need this coffee and we have minuses and we have x's if you Ooh. if you and sometimes we have to use x's because you'll cut just a straight up defect right. it's like that's not a check minus that's a it's, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> x <laughs> yeah
0: i like that i like the idea yeah. of, of cupping with a purpose that's dedicated to like like you said like the light aspect or the yeah. body of a espresso or you know those different pieces that's
2: helpful mm, mm-hmm.
1: even in the the q grading process you mm. don't cup coffee you cup washed milds and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. washed east african and naturals you cup them separately 'Cause yeah. It's not fair to cup a natural and say, Well, I, I wish the acidity was more pointed and less <laughs> fermenty. Yeah. yeah, but also that's exactly how it's supposed to taste. That's mm-hmm. what, fair. That's what people that's want what it, it should to taste be like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there there is that level of like, well, port wine is supposed to be syrupy, so you can't <laughs> complain if it's syrupy. That's not fair. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pinot noir is supposed to be delicate. You can't take a sip and be like, Ah, oh, I don't like this, it's too delicate. Well, it's Pinot Noir,
2: you gotta Right. You got to shift a little bit,
0: mm-hmm. calibrate a little bit for calibrate where the coffee's at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like the, the good old Sumatric. It's a bad <laughs> <laughs> name sometimes, but that's what it is. It's yeah. Sumatra. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: well, shifting point. gears just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not. I mean, we're still on coffee and, and you. <laughs> but uh, consulting. How, how did consulting come about? Mm. Um, mm. And I guess. And you kind of described a little bit in, in the name Threadbearer, mm-hmm. which I really like. But what kind of got, or what made you want to focus in on that a little bit more?
1: It was like a, a couple of things. Uh, one, just logistically, I do a fair amount of consulting already. Mm. Um, but just, I just sort of do it. And if I get paid, it's just like a personal check. Ta-da! Yeah. And that's that's great. I'm super thankful for those opportunities. But um a lot of opportunities that could be generated from that. Mm. <clears throat> so like I go and I teach classes for coffee fest, um, three times a year and pretty often somebody will be like, Oh, we could really use some help. Do you do consulting? And I would always say like, I work for Dapper and wise and you could hire Dapper and wise and they always be like, mm. so it it just struck me as a, a missed opportunity, um, to And in my mind, those are the people that I would love to help the most, the people who are a little bit more isolated, because in Portland, and I don't know how it is in Newburgh, but in in the greater Portland area, we take it almost for granted that there's a a plethora of people we could ask uh, resources, but if you go too far outside the city limits, Mm -hmm. it drops off pretty fast, and most of the people that I teach classes to are from those areas where there's nobody for miles, Mm. and they have like the most simple question and nobody to ask it to, Mm. And so the idea of being able to help those people who are a little bit less connected, a little less surrounded by people like we are in, even in the greater Portland area, even out here in Hillsborough, we still feel the the effects of the coffee culture in Portland, but then also looking for something that my wife and I can do together because mm-hmm. um, she's a, a kindergarten special education teacher, um, but she worked had insomnia for a couple of years and was even the mm. lead trainer at one of the stores. And so wow. she knows her way around a cupping table. Mm-hmm. Her palate is better than mine actually. Mm, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. It doesn't surprise me at all. She won't admit <laughs> she's it. She's not but a Q grader yet. She's not a Q grader. I've had <laughs> more, yeah. I've had more training, but she has more natural capability. Yeah. 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 hand over fist. She just blows me out of the water, um, mm. which is super fun. So I love cupping with her because she's always like, Oh, this one's the best one. I'm like, I, I agree, but yeah. she's just like picks it out so easily. I, I had to think about it yeah. for a long yeah, time, yeah, yeah. and she's just like, oh, that one, for sure. I'm like, I agree, but how did you do that so fast? <laughs> um, so, we're, we're always looking for opportunities to be able to do more things together and mm-hmm. um, hopes that we don't just live sort of parallel lives alongside one another, but mm-hmm. intersecting yeah. lives as, as often as possible. So, we got yeah. to go to China in August together, which was wow. nuts. Uh, How long were you in China for? Just shy of two weeks. Wow. Yeah, we got back and uh, Christina started her first day of school like six hours later. No way. So, (laughs) don't do that again. Okay. But, (laughs) uh, (laughs) otherwise it was great.
0: Yeah.
2: And did you have People there that you knew you were going to see, or you just yeah. went and found here it is. Oh goodness, I'm not that adventurous. Oh sorry, <laughs> no, you give me way too much
1: credit. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we a, a friend of a friend um, mm. is is doing some work in China, and they had sent me some samples of mm. coffee produced in Yunnan. And I don't know if you all have had coffee from... It's in the southern part of China. Yes. I don't
2: think I have. We've got a, I've got a cupping it to uh, harvest soon. We're talking about the same thing? I might be there. Okay. I, there we go. We're going on Thursday. Should, okay. <laughs> this, like in two days? Thursday? No, I don't think so. I think it's the beginning of November or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay, I'll probably be there. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Let, me know.
1: Let me know just in case they forget to tell me what the final thing oh, okay. is. <laughs> yeah, so a friend of a a friend, well, one of our coworkers, um, he had a connection and they sent us some samples and it was, uh, I, I think, I I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that I was the first person to give them specific constructive feedback. Mm. Whereas the feedback they had gotten before was very like, ah, you know, well, but no, we don't want any, but not Mm. very helpful Mm. if that makes sense. Mm. And, um, so I, I hope I was honest and tactful. Um, But it led to them um, asking me to come out. And I already do a a fair amount of travel for green buying at Dapper and Wise. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of responded and I said, two weeks, another two weeks apart from my wife, I I probably would only accept if she could come as well. Uh, And then they responded and they're like, yeah, both, both comes. No, that's ideal. So, that wow. was super super fun. I get to travel to for green buying stuff, but getting to travel with my wife to special. coffee farms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
2: special was, when she can taste
1: so well anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's and people kept asking like, "Well, what are you going to do while Michael's consulting?" I was like, "No, we're we're doing this together. We're yeah. consulting together because she does barista training. She's got a great palate. Um, That's awesome. And maybe some of the more nitty-gritty specific technical stuff, but she knows good coffee when she tastes mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And she can say, oh, this tastes metallic. Mm. Yes, yes, it does. Mm. You know, this tastes fermenty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there severe insect damage? Yes, there is. <laughs> I can taste it. Yes, there are more than two
2: holes in those beans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just interested in that. What sort of, we were talking about balance and acidity mm. and body and texture and all that thing before. Yeah. before in China, it, this would probably be a generalization, but mm-hmm. what sort of general coffees did you taste? What were they like? They are akin to uh,
1: what a washed Sumatra would probably taste like if mm-hmm. it was washed and not wethold. Yes, yes. Um, and then sometimes uh, in the realm of like a, a decent pulp natural Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, with the people that I'm working with, they're trying to elevate the the coffee that that they are involved in to an 86, being able to consistently produce things that are 86 and above. And what's an 86 and above? 86 and above. (laughs) We're talking about the SCA score sheet then. Uh, And 86 is not the threshold for specialty, but uh, it seems to be a a sort Mm -hmm. of unofficial threshold for something that's pretty special
2: Mm -hmm. um,
1: that pretty much everybody will... Anybody who who cups coffee on a regular basis would cup that and be like, that's a good, good. coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And yeah. whatever number they give it is maybe maybe irrelevant, but anything that's an 86 or above is is pretty special. You know you're on good ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and mm. so um, most of the coffee that we tasted in, from Yunnan was, was not. It was special tea, mm-hmm. but mm. uh, not special. Uh, and so uh, we're working with them to get um, some feedback. We actually have created a an initiative that we're calling project 86 Plus. And the goal is to prepare Gin and coffee for the global market. Uh, and the intent is to connect them with feedback from people like myself, but in different mm-hmm. countries, Germany, UK, South Africa, Chicago, wow. which is a different country and, <laughs> uh, get them, get them feedback from the people who buy green coffee for a living. Yeah. Um, as much as I love the mm-hmm. Q-Grading program, there's a, a somewhat of a disconnect because what they really need to know is would you buy this coffee mm-hmm. and why or why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the people who are best suited to give that answer are the people who purchase coffee on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if we can connect them with those people, get them feedback. Yeah. Um, at this stage in the journey, that is, I think, I hope, more meaningful than this mm-hmm. is an 83.75. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Okay, yeah. cool, but would you buy it? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> well, well, <Right>. well why <laughs> well because yeah. you know, then conversation can happen because yeah. um, right now that's, that's what's happening their, their coffee is special tea mm-hmm. but they're having a hard time connecting with buyers mm. and, and understanding why um, so that's, that's kind that's of the hope good. there that's, yeah. that's kind of what that consulting looks like um, that's just one, one thing but it's yeah. well, so get to go to China
0: yeah well it's so special <laughs> so, to be able to share with those people you know, people who are new to coffee and help them in ways that are not just like, "Oh, here's what your coffee is." Now, go and make it better. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's fine. But like to actually help build more of the industry around that mm-hmm. and how how yeah. they can actually begin to build a market for that. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And you get to do it with your life, which is the best. Yeah, yeah, even more awesome. Yeah.
1: Hands down. Yeah, I probably I I wouldn't have probably embarked on it if I couldn't do it with her.
0: Yeah. And it's cool that you can you can delve into a passion with her as well. Like, you can do yeah. coffee and together and travel. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm super I, thankful. Well, we don't want to take all your time tonight. <laughs> You've done well. But uh we well. Have, but I, I have one last question. Do okay. I, it's Yeah, I think it's a good one. But
1: You uh, <laughs> can edit it out if it's not. Yeah, again. that's, that's right. true. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Mute seventh to last. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no. Um, for people who are, who are entering into coffee, mm-hmm. people who like are—I know where you're going here. Oh my, it's good. It's good. <laughs> people who are maybe at Starbucks today, mm-hmm. or maybe who are thinking like coffee, something I'm passionate about, I want to do it. Where would you direct those people? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the best place for people today mm-hmm. to put in their energy towards coffee? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that mm-hmm. is such a good question. I, I actually teach a class on this at coffee fest because it's such an important, I think an important question mm-hmm. it's, I get asked a version of that question, mm. um, all on a pretty regular <laughs> basis from people priest is out front. Like, okay, yeah. I, I love this, but mm-hmm. I don't want to do this forever. Right. Um, and it's, I would, in my mind, maybe this is me being a mechanical engineer. I, <laughs> I break it into two distinct arenas. One is internal development, mm working on becoming the kind of person that a company like Dapper and Wise or whoever, whoever right. you revere, Heart, Stumptown, Counterculture, mm-hmm. whoever you revere, becoming yeah. the kind of person that they would want to hire. I think mm. in coffee especially, we hire the people that we want to work with more than we necessarily hire the most qualified person. There's other industries where it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. That, that person can be a total jerk, but we still <laughs> will hire them because they are just qualified up the wazoo coffee's not as much like that it's a little Mm. more like yeah sure you have the qualifications but i do not like you and so i'm mm -hmm. not going to hire you kind of thing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so a lot of it is just i would i would say taking the time to become a a more self-aware person Mm. i know that sounds super peripheral to coffee but (laughs) uh everybody has sharp edges. It's just who we are as people. And if you're not aware of your own personal sharp edges, you will kind of blunder through life, Mm. hurting people with those sharp edges. And, uh, especially in your, in your twenties, which seems to be the average age range for (laughs) the people that we're maybe uh, hoping to speak to. Yeah. uh, That's a great time to, to pause for long enough and just kind of to soak it up and, and Mm. think, you know, uh, what, what is, what are my sharp edges? Not do I have them, but what are they? Cause we yeah. all have them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Um, and I would say in general adopting a ambitious sort of proactive mm-hmm. stance in life, um, proactive, but also patient. I, I see, mm-hmm. I meet a lot of people who are like, Oh, I work at Starbucks. I want to do this for the rest of my life. Cool. What, what are you doing now? Well, well, nothing. Well, <laughs> Passion and purpose don't meet you sitting on the front porch. They meet you mid-stride 10 miles down the road when you've already been running for a while. And a lot of people that I meet uh, don't even want to take that first step until they've mm-hmm. got it all lined up. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't see that being the reality. From a more like technical standpoint, which is, I think, the way most people think of answering that question, palette development is the number one thing, mm-hmm. which I wish somebody had said to me, Nine years ago (laughs) uh, when I started in coffee, because palate development is something you can do no matter where you are,
0: Mm.
1: no matter if you're surrounded by fellow coffee nerds or you're the only one on your staff. Right. Um, And you, whether it's expansion like cuppings, cuppings Mm -hmm. are great, um, or objective like triangulations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where two samples are the same and one of them is different. There's a right and wrong answer. Cupping is great, but there's no right or wrong answer in cupping. Triangulations are also great because there is a right or a wrong answer, mm. and you—if you have a, a killer palate—you can do anything, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it, within reason. <laughs> if,
1: if you want to be roast, a roaster, mm. being able to tell the difference between two roasts—that's so pretty cool. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that sort of um, just palate development would be the f- the first thing, because mm. it lays the foundation for everything else. And yeah. I've met a lot of qualified lovely competent barista competitors they have terrible palates and mm. they serve the worst coffee mm. uh, and they also have the most sharp edges and they're just hard to work with
0: mm-hmm. mm. but
1: everybody is just like oh this person this person is like oh, they're actually really hard to work mm-hmm. with <laughs> yeah because uh, they haven't done those things that i that i mentioned
0: yeah no, i liked it i think that that's, that's, that's awesome. that self-awareness of just who you are, what mm-hmm. you are and yeah. being proactive instead of reactive. And yeah.
1: I, I think know. to me, self-awareness is the beginning of others' awareness
0: mm-hmm.
1: and others' awareness is the beginning of compassion, like real true mm-hmm. compassion. Cause if you don't understand yourself, you can't really understand anybody else. Mm-hmm. And if you can't understand somebody else, your compassion is going to be shallow mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. But if you really understand that person, that compassion just comes naturally mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. the by the bucket loads because you really understand mm-hmm. the person, and it's that's hard to do if you don't understand yourself at all. Mm-hmm. They all in my mind they yeah. all flow together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we could use a little more compassion in this world. Yeah, in this industry.
0: No, uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that's that's that was a perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how? We'll, and we'll put some links and stuff everywhere sure, sure. that links are available. But uh, what what are some ways that people can stay in touch with what, mm. what you and your wife are doing and then with Dapper and Wise mm. or the different things you have going on?
1: Yeah, we, Dapper and Wise is is on all the, the medias, all the Instagrams. Um, our website is not up and running yet, but we are doing, uh, for Threadbare Coffee Company, we're doing a, an Instagram feed right now that we're awesome. slowly building up. That's not my particular passion or gifting um so we're building it up little by little but it's just at threadbare coffee um but it's we're trying to populate it with things that are relevant to the current stage where things are at as far as like consulting and stuff so Mm. it's not like a every day or even every week post right now Mm. because i'm not consulting every single day or Mm. every single week so trying to populate it with with good worthwhile things but still kind of figuring that out and then i'm also personally on social media i post on Instagram a lot more than anything else. So just Michael C.M. Ryan is my Instagram handle. I have two middle names.
0: Gotcha. Hence the, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of Michael
1: right. Ryan was already taken, apparently. That's not. I was the same. Paul Allen was already taken.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: It's good, yeah. It's it's hard with some of those tr-
2: more traditional strong names. Yes, I like That's it. already taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, how, how can it be? I, I'm Paul Allen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much
0: for for joining us today. It's yeah. just truly been an honor. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Yeah. Hopefully, I didn't
1: talk too much. No, it's good. I love this stuff, so it's getting me it going, and it's hard to stop.
0: Well, and we can tell you, love it. It's, <laughs> it definitely yeah, it shows. comes out in what you say and. and Thanks for
1: joining us. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks again.